What up, guys? Your boy Quake back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast, number 213. And if you can hear, I slightly have my nose. I got like a whole sinus thing happening right now. So I'm recovering slowly, but my nose has been running like crazy today. So, you know, the first, the last episode when I recorded at first, my throat was really, really dry, uh, raspy, all that. And uh, constantly have to drink water. Now I got a bunch of tissues right next to me and constantly having to blow my nose. So I'm getting through this sickness pretty quick. I found out that someone uh, in the New York trip that I went to, someone that was uh, in the lounge that we were at, had COVID. So I don't know if I got it. I have no idea. I'm just kind of winging it at this point. Um, But I am sick. I don't really have... I woke up one morning uh, with like a little bit of a body ache and a little bit of a headache, but it wasn't too bad. Um... Other than that, yeah, I've been trying to recover, sleep, haven't really done much, uh, you know, nothing, nothing work outside of just this podcast, having to record it. Um, so I am getting better, so I apologize if, uh, you know, the energy still isn't there, but it's getting better and better as the days go on. And there's a lot I want to talk about in this podcast, a lot of interesting debates, a lot of interesting things. There's a new country artist that has blown up. I'm kind of late on this, to be honest with you. But I'm not in the country field. I don't really listen to country music like that. Uh, there are some country songs that I like. But um, this guy is something. This guy's vocals, first off, blew me away. I wish I should have recorded my reaction like before I actually clicked the video. But I already saw it. A friend sent it to me, and it's trending all over. Uh, and I was unaware of it. But I should have recorded my reaction first listening to it because I was blown away. My jaw was dropped to the floor. So we're going to talk about this country artist later on in the podcast going to be the last topic we talk about because you know this is a hip-hop podcast but there's a reason why I named my company Diverse Mentality. Uh, I always always am going to expand it to other things uh, in the future once we get things going with the hip-hop side of things. Obviously I want to dominate hip-hop but then you know as we get growing on that I would love to interview other people talk about different things. I'm always open uh, to different topics different open-minded to a lot of different ideas and sometimes we touch on that on the podcast here and there. Uh, when I go on my little rants, but you know, it's something that I definitely want to do as, as time goes on. So this is one of those things that this is actually scheduled in. Like, you know, sometimes I'll go on rants and talk, but that's, that wasn't planned. That was just me talking about, you know, investing this and that, you know, random stuff that I talk about, but this is actually planned in. It's in in my uh, podcast list right now. So first let's start with Kodak Black. Kodak Black has been having Lots of different health issues. I mean, there's footage of him going inside the hospital on like a journey, I think it's called, or gurney. Yeah, I said journey, what the hell? Gurney, you know. Uh, and then there's a lot of different things flying around that he had this, he was sick with this, and he's not go doing good. And recently he went on Instagram Live and was basically dozing off. You know, and a lot of people were making fun of him in the comments. Uh, a lot of people were laughing, like, wake up, what are you doing? So let's play the clip. And you guys in the audio version, you guys can hear uh, you know, what, what is Yeah, there's really no sound in the video. It's just him dozing off. So for the people on audio, he's just like, he has this, you know, like when you have one hand over your uh, forehead and he's just kind of like leaning, he's dozing off on the IG. Uh, some of the people in the comments are laughing. Some of the people are saying, pray for Kodak. Uh, I don't know if this is a drug-related thing. I have no idea. I can't just throw that on him. I know a lot of new rappers are on drugs, and we'll talk about that later in a different rapper uh, with an interview that we're, that's been trending right now. 
But I know a lot of these artists are on drugs, which is unfortunate. I think a lot of these new generation artists are drug addicts. And, of course, we've had a lot of people pass away from that. Uh, obviously, the most notably one, the most biggest one, is Juice World, uh, fairly recently. So, I don't know if this is on drugs, if he's just tired. That could, that could be another thing. And he just went on IG Live and just started dozing off. Because some of the tour schedules for a lot of these artists and the travel stuff is insane. But... That's why it's important to look after your health, even when you're in your 20s, because that starts to catch up with you quick. So especially like me, when I'm getting sick, you know, I can recover pretty quickly because, you know, I look after my health for the most part. I'm not the healthiest person in the world. You know, I'll have, you know, messed up food, fast food here and there and eat, you know, snacks that are not good for me. But, you know, for the most part, I, I've started working out back again. I need to stay on it. That's my kind of issue. I just, I'll, I'll work out for like six months and then stop and then work out another. And it's stupid. I need to stop doing that. But it's just scheduling sometimes just annoys me. Like recently, this whole New York thing, getting sick, I haven't worked out in probably a week. So health is very important. We know that. But a lot of these new artists, they don't care, man. Uh, they're here just to have fun. They don't care if they die early. It's unfortunate. They come from areas where life isn't valued, so they could care less. Uh, so I hope, you know, Kodak isn't, you know, doing drugs, man, because it's a sad thing to see. And he's, he's kind of, you know, got his life back on track. And the fact that if he's doing drugs and stuff, dealing with hospital issues, uh, it's not going to be, it's not going to end, you know, in a good way at all. So prayers up for Kodak. People that are laughing, ridiculous. You guys should not be laughing at people struggling on live. I know they're rich and, oh, why should we have sympathy for them? You know, they got all the money in the world. The reality is, and a lot of people don't recognize this, is that most people have an addiction. And most people can't feed that addiction because they don't have the money to feed it. But I bet if a lot of people, if everyone in this, on planet Earth got rich, I bet you 70% of them would feed an addiction that they got. Whether it's drug addiction, I don't know, porn addiction, uh, whatever, uh, alcohol, whatever. Whatever the case may be that you're addicted to. Somebody, you'll feed that because you got the end of supply of it. So maybe these, you know, they are addicted to something. When you get money like that, it's it's... You know, you can kind of feel sympathy for that because you guys would, I'm not saying you guys specifically that are listening, but like most people in today's society, they have an addiction. And if they got a lot of hands, hands on a lot of money, they would start blowing it on dumb things and their addictions and feeding it. So a lot of these artists, they come from the hood. They come from areas where, hey, they don't have a guidance. They're already doing drugs at that time there too. They get a bunch of money. Boom. They can just start buying it like it's nothing. Um, so prayers out to Kodak. Hopefully he gets, he gets things uh, resorted and organized because this is definitely a sad, sad thing to see. So we'll keep our eye on this and hopefully it's good news as time goes forward. ESTG. I know I haven't talked a lot about ESTG on this podcast. I usually talk about him when he's got new music coming out, which is something that he loves apparently only talking about music. So that's what we've done on this podcast. But ESTG did an interview with bootleg bootleg Kev on his podcast and Bootleg Kev was asking him various amounts of questions, different questions. You know, he used to play football, so he asked him about football. He apparently asked him about, uh, you know, what does he think about certain different things, aliens, if they exist or not. Uh, and then he also, Bootleg Kev also asked him about his music. But, here's the huge but, is when Bootleg Kev started asking about the football thing, he didn't like that. So he literally got up and walked out of the interview, which I always think is corny because... It's like if you, if you didn't want to be there, if you don't want to be asked questions, just don't do the podcast. 
Uh, and I'm going to talk about the difference between a podcast and an interview a little bit later because there are differences. And I, I hate that people have blurred those lines to where podcasts are now interviews and anything on a podcast applies to interviews. That's not the case. An interview and a podcast are two totally different things. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I want to play the clip of him walking out and then what ESTG said it, you know, to that viral clip and what exactly happened. Just a workout you were doing for a team? I don't know how you see the picture. You ain't read the article that came with it. I just saw a YouTube video where they were talking about uh, you and like I was just watching some of your uh, high school highlights and your college shit. Like I saw like what the, YouTube video you seen? Dude, I don't know, man. It was like a it was like a YouTube video. It showed like you announcing that you're going to Indiana State and what's a YouTube video called? I don't know. I just literally typed in ESTG football highlights, and I was like, damn, this dude was a Beast. You played linebacker, right? What do I got to do with music shit right now? No, I'm just curious because I'm a big football fan. So like, I'm just like, I just, I, I'm a huge football fan. And I find it fascinating that like you really like have like, I was going to ask you like when it comes to, I remember when you signed with Gotti. I remember the, the viral moment where he, there was just all this cash. And at that time, I feel like there was like a bidding war going on for ESTG at that moment. Um, one, what made you rock with Gotti? And what is something over the last two or three years that you have learned? First time in Bootleg Hip Podcast history, we had someone walk off of the set. So ESTG walked off the set, as you guys heard and watched, and immediately, of course, ESTG was getting backlash because people were saying, oh, Bootleg Kev was asking about the football thing, so it made it seem like he wasn't a street guy because he got a scholarship, quote-unquote. So a lot of people were throwing that his way, and then ESTG decided to get on Instagram and address the whole situation. And this is what he had to say. He tagged bootleg Kev and said this, you trying to play it like I walked out because of the football, like ain't did plenty of interviews talking about playing and talk about it in my music. You asking me if I remembered an old man porn star, if I believe in aliens and the NFL combine question mark, what the fuck did that got to do with my album dropping Friday? And I literally just walked out that interview two hours ago. You already got the clip up. You trying to go viral, LOL. 100. I got real life shit going on. Ask around. I don't feel like playing. So please don't play with me because I play crazy. Yeah, he's, he said now, yo, I'm a gangster here, man. Don't play with me. Not trying to make me seem like I ain't no gangster. The crazy thing is, though, if you actually watch the interview, Bulek Kev does ask him about the music and he doesn't really respond in a cool way. It's like, I don't know, like he's, he's clearly on some type of drugs or he just doesn't care to be there for the interview. So here's the clip of Boule Kev asking ESTG about music. And this is his response in the interview. Welcome, though, man. Right. Yo, um, I just saw your new video. Uh, you've been on a dropping hella records. I mean, we've been waiting on a new album, so I know that that is what is coming. You're not dropping all this music for nothing. Right. Album is done. Friday. Friday is coming. Are you like... In the studio all the fucking time, or do you like, yo, this week I'm just knocking out a bunch of shit, and then I'm gonna go do shows. I'm gonna go get 
My bad. Like, what is your like creative process like? Uh, I'm always getting money. <laughs> That's such a dumb response. It sounds like he's drugged out of his mind. You know, bootleg Kev's asking, what's your, you know, creative process like? Um, always getting money. Come on, bro. Like, let's be honest here, man. A lot of you new rappers are drug addicts that need help. Seriously need help. Like, badly need help. Because this is ridiculous. A lot of new rappers showing up late to interviews, not answering questions, drugged out of their mind. That's not professional in any way, shape, or form. And shame on his team for allowing him to show up like that. There are a lot of older generation artists, very professional, showed up on time. Matter of fact, 50 Cent is one of them. If you watch the Give Richard Die Trying documentary, Shameless Plug, a lot of people say that. Always professional, got his, showed up on time, showed up earlier than a lot of people, made sure he got what he needed to get done and gets out of there. Doesn't waste time for people. Now, there were a lot of older artists that used to waste time, like DMX. That was one of the people. But act more professional, man. You are a, a huge artist, not even just a rapper. You're an artist. Respect people's time. When people ask you questions, answer them. If you don't want them answered, on to the next question. That simple. But when you show up like that, drugged out of your mind, uh, not even being able to answer a fucking question, you know, honestly, it, it's stupid, man. ESTG, do better. If you were here doing an interview with me, see, I don't let, that's the thing, man. I don't let bullshit fly. Like, I'm going to be 100% honest. This is going to be one of the roughest, toughest podcasts to do to sit down with because if you're an artist and I know your history really well and you bullshit me, I'm going to check you on that. And I, I expect artists to check me back if I get information wrong, like the Kid Kid thing. I got a little bit of information wrong with the Squad Up mixtapes. He checked me on it. I was like, yeah, you're right. I messed up on that. So that's the thing. If you're going to show up drugged out, don't even show up for the interview. And here's what I was talking about earlier about the, the lines being blurred between a podcast and an interview. This is clearly the bootleg Kev podcast in my opinion and i think a lot of people share this opinion a podcast is multiple topics it's a conversation so it can go from music to aliens to sports to whatever politics whatever the hell you guys want to talk about that's a podcast an interview to me feels like more of a a promo run more of a a strict type of style where they specifically talk about certain things and that's it they don't talk about anything outside of, you know, conversational talk, like aliens and whatever the case may be. Clearly, ESTG wasn't feeling that conversational talk. He was there just to talk about his album. He might have got offended the fact that Bootleg Kev didn't know he was dropping the album this Friday because in, in that clip right there that I just played, he says, you know, what's up with the new music? I see you dropping stuff. Are you dropping something soon? And he's like, yeah, Friday, so literally this week. So Bootleg Kev could have done a better job in doing better research because that is disrespectful. If you have a guest come, Know that they're dropping a project, man. That's you know that's probably why they're there promoting. So, you know the fact that Boulay Cape didn't know that he needs to do his research better. So a little bit falls on him as well, but eighty percent of it falls on ESTG. Show up more professional. Show up on time. Don't walk out of interviews because you're a crybaby about questions. You know that's the thing. And a lot of these artists, this is why they don't remain relevant for a long time because they treat people like shit and they don't give a fuck. And then they wonder why they fell off and that the media is not fucking with them anymore. Because of dumb shit like this. So, sorry to go off like that, but it, it's annoying because I've dealt with it when I was interviewing a long time ago an artist who I'm not going to name. He was an asshole. But he is nowhere near relevant right now. He fell the fuck off the face of the earth. And the only reason I'm saying that, I usually don't disrespect artists that fall off. I usually don't care. You know, I treat them with respect. Always mention them with respect. 
If this artist was just a complete asshole to me, I'm sure to other people. So, you know, that shit spreads around and people just stop stop messing with you, man. People are like, yo, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this guy. Who, who does this guy think he is? God? Like, it's, it's ridiculous. So, you know, ESTG do better, man. Don't walk out of interviews. Show up on time. Uh, show up sober so you can answer the questions because it's sad, man. A lot of these new artists are literal drug addicts. That's all they are. They're walking around junkies just with money and fame. That's all it is, man. If you saw this guy across the street, drugged out of his mind talking like that, you'd be like, yeah, he's a junkie. That's all he is. He's a famous, famous musician that's a junkie. And uh, you could tell, man, a lot of these artists, when they're doing these newer artists, at least, when they're doing these interviews, they're mumbling, they're slurring, they're not even knowing what the fuck, where they're even at, bro. So uh, do better, guys, especially rappers. If, if, you, if you come on my podcast drugged out of your fucking mind, you can't even keep a conversation going, I will literally stop it. I will tell you know every manager, every person that's here, hey, uh, this is not going good. He's not even answering the questions. I don't want to do this anymore. It's that simple, man. Uh, Boule Kev, when he asked those questions and he wasn't answering them properly, that would have been the perfect time for me to cube and like, ah, I'm not interested in this interview anymore. Uh, you can leave. And that's it. You'll never probably come back again, but fuck it. That's how you want to show up. Maybe in the future you clean up, get sober, you apologize, come back on the platform because... Bule Kev worked hard for his shit. Everybody who has their own platform work hard for their shit. So show up with respect. Respect my time. I respect your time. We get things done. Make it happen. Boom. You get great promo. I get great promo. We both win. We both look good. That's simple, man. So sorry for going on that crazy rant, but ridiculous. And then he has the nerve to be saying what he's saying. So yeah. Yes, TG, do better. Soldier Boy, tell him. Yeah, I cranked that fucking Soldier Boy. Anyways, uh, Soldier Boy. He is, I think, an innovator of hip-hop. I think someone who is way ahead of his game. He knew what he was doing early on, created a trend. Everybody started following it. It was just a perfect timing for him. And I remember vividly when he first came out, I was, I believe, I want to say 2007. I was 12, 12, 13 years old. But I remember on YouTube, and I remember the conversation around hip-hop. Because I remember Nas dropped that Hip-Hop is Dead album. And then people were saying hip-hop is dead, all the South dancing, nobody's lyrical anymore, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Well, Soldier Boy came out, huge numbers, cranked that, all that dancing, you and all this, uh, whatever, all whatever tracks that, you know, he released. Uh, they were saying, yo, he killed hip-hop. This is the guy who killed hip-hop. He got a lot of backlash for it. But, you know, dropped more hits after that. Kiss Me Through the Phone was on his second album, huge hit. And then on the third album, he had a few... A uh, few records, Mean Mug with 50, and then he had a couple of other ones. I don't remember that much. Uh, Pretty Boy Swag, uh, you know, he had quite a few records after that. But I don't think he 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 killed hip-hop, man. He was more of a fun artist. I think what killed hip-hop is, honestly, now, really, the drug addicts, the junkies, the, the, the ops and shit, and all we're talking about is killing, murdering, and, you know, even female rappers are just way too aggressive now. It's about shooting, killing, even with female rappers. You know, you would think female rappers would be a little bit more gentle, be more about love and so on and so forth, more of an R&B route. But now it's gotten, you know, everybody's shooting, killing ops. That's all this is about. Uh, it's rare that you get music that's like, yo, talking about deep things. And we'll talk about that country artist down the line and why country is actually dominating as a genre now because it's speaking on real shit. And hip-hop hasn't done that in a while, man. You'll get artists here and there, but, you know, it's not consistent. That's the thing. It's like you'll get a Kendrick or you'll get a Cole or you'll get... You know, artists here and there, they'll say something. But overall, 
it's been saturated with just killing ops, shaking ass, fucking sucking, all this dumb shit that uh, it gets really repetitive and annoying. And the beat is carrying a lot of these artists as well. So let's see what Soldier Boy had to say. Uh, Soldier Boy has responded to the criticism he has received over his career by taking credit for ushering in the new era of hip-hop rather than killing the craft. The 33-year-old rapper took to Twitter to reflect on his contributions to the culture on its 50th anniversary. He tweeted this, When I came in the game, they said I killed hip-hop, but really, I birthed the new wave of hip-hop with internet-slash-streaming ahead of my time. Hashtag hip-hop 50. Now everyone vlogs their career like me. Now everyone uploads their music to the internet. Now everyone goes live for their fans. I started it, thank me or not, flower slash credit or not. And I agree. He was one of the first ones. I remember him going live on Ustream. Uh, I remember we had that little uh, Ice-T beef. I think Ice-T even said he killed hip-hop or he was fucking up hip-hop. And then he had that little beef with him with like A-Rab and the other guy. I forget his name. Standing behind him like some soldiers. It was hilarious, man. You old, he said. You crusty, blah, blah, blah. It was hilarious. That's probably one of the funniest beefs that I need to cover is Soldier Boy versus Ice-T. Ultimately, I ended up with Ice-T showing respect, Soldier Boy showing respect. They moved on from it, but... Yeah, man, Soulja Boy was getting flack like crazy. People were saying, you're killing hip-hop, you're killing hip-hop, your your music's trash. I get it, man. Not everything is for everybody, but I enjoyed Crank That. I like that record. Kiss Me Through the Phone is a, is a fucking banger. Um, yeah, so I do, you know, I remember Soulja Boy uploading stuff that we hadn't seen on YouTube, dances, videos, and then eventually... Uh, Justin Bieber followed the formula. That's why he blew up. And a lot of artists started following that formula. And now it's the norm. If you're not uploading on the internet, you're not really doing shit, really. It's rare that you'll blow up if you're not on the internet doing things. So, uh, you know, salute to Soldier Boy. He just came in at the right time, doing the right thing. YouTube started in 2005, so there was a whole two-year gap before Soldier Boy came and started doing his thing. So there was a two-year window that somebody could have started doing this first. But, um, you know, he beat everybody else to the punch doing content that nobody else was doing. I felt like he could have kept that going. He kind of fell off from it. Like, had he kept, you know, um, I guess, the the, the, the craziest thing about Soldier Boy is what Charlemagne said. And I always give credit to Charlemagne for this because it's right. Had Soldier Boy never done all these tattoos and, uh, you know, took in the gangster rap route, he could have been a huge, I think, actor because a lot of, he had, he had that kid fan base, which if he could have held on to that kid fan base, for a long time, he would have been doing numbers like crazy from albums. He would have been like the Disney star. Like he would have had a lot of TV shows, movies, offers. You know, had he stayed that clean route, but he decided to go more gangster route, get face tattoos, all these tattoos. I get it; it's cool at the time, but it's like your money, your money got dwindled by a lot, and then slowly starting to you know fade when it comes to music and people just not listening. And now he does like these online antics. Another route he could have taken is taking YouTube more seriously. Because he started out at the beginning taking it seriously. Once he blew up as an artist, of course, you're making millions and millions. So your focus isn't on YouTube and you can't predict the future. But had he taken YouTube more serious, got on gaming, got on streaming, all this stuff a lot more than he did in the beginning, he would have been a huge streamer on Twitch. He would have been huge on these all these other platforms. And he's big right now. He does Twitch here and there. But, you know, if he was on that really, really early, he would have been on a level of like, who's like a big, big YouTuber that's been dominating for a while. I don't know, Philip DeFranco, uh, a lot, a lot of different ones, man. I can't think off the top of my head. But there's a lot of YouTubers that, that started from a long time ago and are killing it. Mr. Beast is, I think he started in 2000, what, 15, 13, something like that. He's been doing it for a while. He's dominating. Like, he's a billionaire. Well, he's worth a billion. 
So that's where the, the Rattler Soldier Boy could have taken easily. But uh, regardless, man, he is uh, somebody that, that definitely changed hip hop. I think anybody clowning him for that or saying that he's not, you know, he's not anything special because of that is stupid because doing that changed the game forever. So salute to Soldier Boy. You have a huge place in hip hop as a genre, and you should be more celebrated for the 50th anniversary. Boozy badass, boozy. I fuck with boozy heavy, man. But this, this is a wild thing to say, especially because this guy is like, you're comparing it to one of the goats, goats of all time. Boozy got a lot of backlash for this, and I agree. So let's play the clip of why Boozy got a lot of backlash. Ain't nobody got more hits than our kid. You gonna have to put him at a versus with Spotify. He would dog Michael Jackson. Ain't nobody else that I don't see. R. Kelly would smoke Michael Jackson in a verse. Hit for hit, he would blow Michael Jackson. Bro, R. Kelly, bro. How many Michael Jackson songs you know, and how many R. Kelly songs you know? How many Michael Jackson songs you know? And how many R. Kelly songs you know? Ten will smoke Michael. Real talk. Ain't nobody got more hits than Kells, bro. Y'all don't want to keep it real because in the position he in. But ain't nobody. Nobody. Boozy is saying nobody has as much hits as R. Kelly and that people won't agree with it because of the position R. Kelly is in. You know what the whole charge is. You ain't got to go into all that. You know what he what he's done. He's a, he's a weirdo. Let's just say that. Michael Jackson, on the other hand, has passed away. Can't really defend himself, but the catalog lives and is here. So Boozy saying R. Kelly has more hits. You guys can't name a lot of Michael Jackson songs. Depends on your age, but I can name 90 million Michael Jackson songs. We are not alone. Hey. I trust me, man. I can name 90 million Michael Jackson songs. Let's not even get into that. I'm fighting with the man in the mirror. So there's a lot of stuff, man. Don't get me into the Michael Jackson stuff. You know, Chris Tucker. I love the way he, you know, you know what I'm saying? So you got to relax. Relax with that, Boosie. But let's go over it. Let's go, let's, let's go over it and on the Billboard charts. And let's see who has more number one hits. Because Boosie's saying... R. Kelly got more hits. Let's go over and let's check out who actually has the fucking hits. The numbers don't lie. In terms of fame, Michael Jackson is on a whole different level versus any other celebrity. Michael Jackson was known every single section of the planet Earth knew who he was. Also, I want it like this is this is the best way to compare Michael Jackson's fame versus everybody else's. So there's Jesus Christ, which everybody on planet Earth knows. I'm damn near 100% sure on that. Then there's Michael Jackson, and that's it. Like, Michael Jackson is probably as known or, e- or is a little, little below Jesus Christ in terms of being known. That's wild. Like, think about that. All the humans that have passed this Earth, Michael Jackson is probably right under Jesus Christ. Everybody else, there's a huge gap when it comes to artists. Because who could you name artist-wise that's even close to Michael Jackson? Who? You, you tell me. Madonna? Who? Elvis Presley? 
you know, I, I, Frank Sinatra, I don't know. You know, like, who could you name on that global scale that's, that, that's at that level? Like, it's damn near impossible. Damn near impossible. In terms of artists, you know, there's other celebrities, obviously, in the world that are huge and famous, but not even just celebrities, like Mother Teresa, and there's a lot of different stuff. But let's go over the actual hits. Who had the hits? Who had more hits? So Billboard Hot 100 says this about R. Kelly's chart history. He has two number one hits, three 13 top 10 hits, with a total of 55 songs charting on the Hot 100. Mind you, this is the 90s and early 2000s, so now a lot of artists have a lot of songs chart on there, but not really stay on there because of the streaming stuff. But he has two number one hits, and these are the two number one hits. Bump and Grind peaked at number one for four weeks in 1994, and I'm Your Angel with R. Kelly and Celine Dion peaked at number one in 1998 for six weeks. Other songs that are in the top ten, Ignition, I Believe I Can Fly, Step in the Name of Love, Hotel with Cassidy featuring R. Kelly, uh, Fiesta, R. Kelly, Jay-Z, uh, Satisfy You, Diddy, R. Kelly, You Remind Me of Something, R. Kelly, uh, Down Low, R. Kelly. So that's about it for R. Kelly. Wonderful, Ja Rule, Kelly Ashanti. And that's really it for the top ten hits. So he's got... This, he's got two number one hits, and he's got 13 top 10 hits. So let's go over Michael Jackson's uh, chart history here. Because we're talking about their whole career overall. We're not just talking about a single moment, a single album. We're talking whole career. And Boozy done fucked up bad with this one, man. Fucked up real bad. Buddy, you done, you done fucked up now, buddy. Okay, it took me a long time to find the numbers because Billboard does not show anything on Michael Jackson. I just searched it up. Nothing was popping up. But... Did some Googles, did the numbers. He has 13 number one hits compared to R. Kelly's two number one hits. So on Versus, you get 20 tracks you get to play. So he's literally got 13 number one hits. So if he just plays 11 of them, he'll basically win because they're number one hits. Everybody knows them. Number one hits, everybody knows. So that's number one hits only. R. Kelly has two. Michael Jackson has 13. Let's go in the top 10 hits. How much does he have? He has 28 top 10 hits versus R. Kelly's 13 top 10 hits. That's a huge difference in numbers. Boozy, you are dead wrong. Nobody fainted and cried for R. Kelly. R. Kelly was good in his time, but obviously he ruined his whole career with everything that's going on right now, and people don't really care. Now, R. Kelly's pen game is, you could say, better than Michael Jackson's because I don't know if Michael Jackson wrote a lot of his hits. He had a lot of help on a lot of them. R. Kelly, though, wrote... Uh, Michael Jackson's, I believe, uh, one of those tracks. He wrote the song that I was literally singing ahead of, You Are Not Alone. That's the song that he wrote. So that has a huge hit for Michael Jackson. I believe that went number one. I could be wrong, but see? So R. Kelly's pen game, if we're talking just like pure creativity, maybe beats Michael Jackson's because Michael Jackson had a lot of help in terms of that aspect. But overall, as a package, Michael Jackson dances better, has better stage presence. More hits, more known. He's been doing it a lot longer. Uh, R. Kelly is nowhere near that stratosphere. Uh, the only person that can compete with Michael Jackson, that's a great question. I don't know. You'd have to get Elvis Presley, bring him from the dead. I don't know. Somebody, somebody that's like on that level of pop stardom. Uh, Drake's got a lot of number one hits. Uh, Drake is up there when it comes to number one hits, but he's in the streaming era, so a little bit different. Um, I don't know, but Michael Jackson is a whole different level. Although we talked about on the last podcast, Give It or Die Trying, comparing to Thriller. Now, if we're talking sales, obviously Thriller washes it, but we're talking at a whole different time. 
We're talking in the 80s when there was no bootlegging. You literally had to buy the album or else you're not getting it nowhere. You're not getting it on the internet. You're not getting it on TV, nothing. So sales back then were obviously more prevalent. Now there's a lot of bootlegging, lots of streaming now. It's a whole different, but even in the early 2000s, dealing with a lot of bootlegging from Napster, LimeWire, all these other platforms. So it's different when it comes to sales, but hits, I mean, 50 had three, I believe three number one hits on Get Richard, I try. Might be two, 21 questions in the club. I knew 100% were number one hits. Many men went in the top five, a couple of others. But they, like I said, if they really pushed that album and decided, hey, let's put marketing dollars, like like I said in the documentary, they said, hey, we're we're going to put marketing dollars behind certain songs, but they're going, they're taking off on their own, so they didn't feel like wasting a lot more money. That's what they saw it as. But if 50 really wanted to, he could have pushed that album a lot more and had more hits off it, number ones. So that's just, you know, that's an album comparison. But if you're comparing careers, obviously Michael Jackson washes 50 washes every artist basically career-wise because the guy sold like a billion records, I think. I think the number's like 800 million to almost a billion. They haven't calculated because at the time when Michael Jackson came out, they didn't do like sound scan and sales. They didn't track them. You know, and then later in like the 80s, they started tracking them. I think in the early 90s, I think 1991 was when they started. But who knows? You know, we don't know how many albums he sold like officially. So that is something that kind of goes against him, which is unfair. But, you know, I, the estimate is anywhere from 800 to a billion records sold, which is insane. That's like, how much does Eminem sold? Two, let's just say it's 250 million Eminem sold. That's literally four Eminems. Four Eminems. I got Eminems actually right here in the, in the actual podcast. So shout out to Eminems. They're great. Uh, but yeah, Boozy's tripping. Boozy, relax. Uh, what you're saying, I know you like R. Kelly a lot. He's always a fan. He's, he's like, man, I, I talked to him on the phone when he was locked up. He's a fan of him, huge fan. But Boozy, you know damn well, bro. You're older than, than me. You're older than a lot of us. To be saying that shit is just wild. You know, I expect it from a 20-year-old like me, but I don't expect it from a fucking 40-year-old or late 30s. You know, y'all know Michael Jackson a lot more than we did. So, Boozy, you are tripping. Michael Jackson washes him. Numbers don't lie. Let's get into someone I find very interesting. I know this is a hip-hop podcast, but I enjoy all kinds of music. So when I see some real, real dope music, music that is moving, that is uh, of current times that it addresses a lot of things that people are going through just real music raw music I always appreciate it I always like to show love to it because we don't get that as much in hip-hop even though hip-hop started you know from 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 a place where you know people were struggling so it's a shame we don't get that as much but this guy Oliver Anthony if you haven't heard of him he is born and raised in Farmville Virginia he is a country artist if you haven't heard this song, Rich Men North of Richmond, it is literally the rawest song. His vocals, I wish I would have recorded my reaction to this because his vocals made my jaw drop. It is so, he has some of the best vocals I've heard probably ever. It is so raw and real and the environment that he's at too is his home. He has like a three dogs that he chills with. He's by himself. And you can hear the pain in his, in his voice, man. And everything he's saying in the song reflects on today's America. That's why it's going viral. It's right now as of the recording of this podcast, it's got 17 million views in a couple of days, I believe in like seven, eight, nine days, something like that. Uh, it's going number one in a lot of charts right now on iTunes and all this other stuff. So record labels are flocking to him like crazy. He recently did an interview with Billboard and he was like, we're just taking our time. We have a lot of offers that are coming in, but we're in no rush to sign with anybody, which is a great approach. Take your time, Oliver because you definitely deserve it. And I hope he stays raw like this, because a lot of artists, once they get signed, they go a different route and don't speak 
for the people again. This song literally speaks for America, hardworking Americans, blue collar, all that. Uh, let's go over some of the lyrics a little bit. He said, starts out saying, I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, which is true, man. A lot of people are underpaid in America. Minimum wage hasn't gone up. Meanwhile, inflation is through the roof. People can barely afford to live, let alone afford to get houses, which is a huge problem, especially for men, because men are usually providers. And back, you know, back then you could actually buy a house, start a family. Now it's like damn near impossible. Even as a man, if you're working your ass off to try to start a family, get a house, it's impossible. So, and he addresses that in this song too, which is crazy. Uh, he continues and says, so I can sit out here and waste my life away. Drag back home and drown my troubles away. That's true. Alcoholic, you know, it's you start to just, you know, drown the pain through alcohol. A lot of people do that in America. That's that's something that people have resorted to, drugs, all kinds of stuff, because it's getting crazy out here, man. Crazy. And rich people do not give a flying fuck. They could care less. That's a huge issue. So he's addressing that in this song. And it's so raw the way he says it. I wish I could play it because... Hearing it is way better than me explaining it, but I'm sure it's copyrighted, so I won't be able to play it. But uh, he continues, says, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me and people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is. Continues, says, living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men north of Richmond, Lord knows, they all just want to have total control. Want to know what you think, want to know what you do. And I don't think you know, but I know that you do. Because your dollar ain't shit, and it's taxed to no end. Because of rich men, north of rich men. That is the realest shit I've heard in a minute. Taxes are through the roof. I think somebody broke it down a while ago. It's like a dollar is taxed to hell. Like, really, a dollar is like 30 cents in today's time. From inflation and taxes, dollar's nothing at this point. Uh, you can make $100, and that's really worth like 30 bucks. It's really gotten that ridiculous in America. Everything is taxed. Everything that you do, every transaction from online, grocery store, wherever you're at, tax, tax, tax. If I even hand you money, it's taxed. It's ridiculous. So that is some real shit, man. Shout out to him for, for calling this stuff out. He said, I wish politicians would look out for minors and not just minors on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street and got nothing to eat and the obese milking welfare. That sounds, the Lord, we got, you know, folks in the street ain't got nothing to eat. That sounds reminiscent of Tupac. Obviously, me being a hip-hop fan, you know, uh, they got money for war, but they can't help the poor. You know, Tupac's, Tupac's someone who always spoke on those type of things. Uh, politicians do not look out for minors, and minors on an island somewhere with, Jeff, you know, Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Um, calling that stuff out, man. And he says, well, God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought to not pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because all this damn country does is keep kicking them down. That is, I'm speechless, man, because it's some of the realest shit that I've heard in music. And guys, especially men in America, man, anything that they do is looked at wrong. You can't do this. You can't say that. You can't, you know, approach a female. You can, you're looking as... You're looking at misogynistic, this and that, all kinds of crazy stuff. And guys can't even be providers anymore, like I was talking about earlier. If you're trying to get a house, it's damn near impossible. 
as a single man or even trying to, as a man with a family to get a house. It's hard to be a provider as a man. And us men, we're usually providers. That's how we, we flourish in life. And we can't do that. You know, we don't feel like men. And that's when, you know, the drugs get involved. You just don't feel like a man anymore. And, you know, suicide rates, man, among men in America are through the roof. And he's addressing that in this song. So this whole song has, you know, uh, he said, I've been selling my soul working all day overtime hours for bullshit pay, which I mentioned earlier. This is what I mean, man. This is the rawness, the realness. This guy comes straight from his backyard, shot the video. Uh, vocals are out of this world, man. So check out this song. It's a country song. Gucci Man uh, posted him on his Instagram and said this. Uh, hey, fam, I need y'all help on this one. I'm trying to sign these guys as my first country artist to 1017. I need the info ASAP. It's hilarious because a lot of people are trying to sign him. So Gucci, unless you've got like 10, 20 million for him, uh, I don't think he's going to sign with you because it wouldn't make sense to sign with the hip-hop label. But, you know, uh, it's good worth of a try. Good try. So uh, what's funny is, like, people in the comments are like, bro, you're the rich one. You do it. You can reach out to him. And he has his email literally in the video description. So I don't know what Gucci Gucci's tripping. His team needs to do a better job of getting in contact with him. But he's getting record label offers like crazy right now. And he's got more songs like Ain't Got a Dollar. That's, that's taken off, which is another dope track. Uh, but yeah, man, this guy is a huge sensation right now. The music is raw. People are, he's speaking for the people right now. And that's what hip hop is missing. There isn't songs like this. This is why country's taking over. If you look at the billboard charts, country's all over from Taylor Swift to Morgan Wallen to whoever else is out there in country. They're just dominating because they're speaking on real stuff. You know, hip hop is all about money, money, shooting, killing, dancing, fucking. It's getting annoying, bro. You know, it is getting annoying, and hip-hop is going to fall off as a genre if it keeps, you know, going that route. You know, not everybody's rich, man. The literally, the rapper's literally making fun of us for being poor on songs. Like, think about think about the lyrics a lot of these songs. You broke bitch, you a broke bum. It's like, damn, bro, I'm supporting you. I'm listening to this song. I'm supporting you. You call me a broke bitch. Like, come on, man. So this is the realness. Uh, check out the track. I wish, I wish, man, I could play it. It sucks. Hopefully in the future I get like a Spotify deal on this podcast and I can just start playing music. That would be amazing. That would be the greatest thing ever, but I can't play it. So search Rich Men North of Richmond. His name is Oliver Anthony. So check it out. Uh, I had to talk about this. It was just too real, too real of, of, of song to not talk about this. So let's go over the Billboard Hot 100 I'm excited for this guy's career. I'm going to keep track of it. What label he signs to is going to be interesting as well. It's probably going to be country affiliated, but I'm really, really excited for this guy's music career, and I hope he sticks to that rawness, that realness, because a lot of people are missing that. That's why he took viral. That's why he went viral. People are missing that, talking to the people that are really struggling in America directly, and you can hear the pain in his voice because he's going through it as well. So that you can't, you can't replicate that. That's a rawness, a realness that, that nobody can replicate. Because he's he's in it. He's in the trenches going through it. So shout out to him. Shout out to Oliver Anthony. Keep killing it. Keep doing your thing. And I'm excited to hear what you got next. Let's get into the Billboard Hot 100. And this is what I'm talking about. Country music is dominating. You got Morgan Wallen at number one with Last Night. You got Luke Combs, country artist, at number two with Fast Car. You got Taylor Swift, another country artist, at number three with Cruel Summer. And that's why it took a while for hip-hop to get a number one song. Because country's dominating. You got Rima and Selena Gomez with Calm Down at number four. Fuck You Mean Gunna at number five. Vampire, Olivia Rodrigo at number six. Dance the Night, Dua Lipa at number seven. Barbie World, Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice at number eight. 
Flowers, uh, Miley Cyrus at number nine. Snooze SZA at number 10. All My Life, Lil Durk went up a couple spots at number 11, featuring J. Cole. Mel- Meltdown went down from the number three spot to number 12, so I don't consider it a hit. I said, if it stays within two weeks in the top 10, it's a hit. This is not a hit. Fell down to number 12. Travis Scott featuring Drake. Uh, going down the list here, Kill Bill SZA number 19. Creepin' Metro Boomin number 20. I Know Travis Scott number 22. Fiend, Travis Scott, number 24. Favorite song, 2C, number 26. Uh, Travis Scott, Telekinesis, number 29. Going down, going down. Search and Rescue, Drake, number 40. Lotto, Cardi B, put it on the floor again, number 41. Uh, Travis Scott, My Eyes, number 44. Topia Twins, Travis Scott, number 46. Doshi featuring Kodak Black, What It Is, number 50. Delhi Ice Spice, number 51. Ice Spice, Nicki Minaj, number 53. Princess Diana. Uh, going down. Let's see. Usher, Summer Walker, 21 Savage. Good, good. Debut at number 68. Pretty good for Usher. Hasn't been in the scene for a while. Hi- Hyena, Hyena, uh, number 70, Travis Scott. Modern Jam, number 71, Travis Scott. Shake Something to Baby, number 72. Stand by me, little Dirk Morgan Wallen, number seventy-four. It's going up a couple spots, which is wild. I'm surprised that song didn't like really take off like that. Oh, you went, Young Thug Drake, number eighty-four. Till further notice, Travis Scott, number eighty-five. Sirens, Travis Scott, number eighty-seven. God's Country, Travis Scott, number eighty-nine. Schizo, Travis Scott, number ninety-two. See you again, Tyler the Creator. Actually, Delaresto echoes Travis Scott and Beyonce, number ninety-three, and then See You Again, Tyler the Creator, number ninety-four. Reentry. Um, and that's it for the Billboard Hot 100. And that's it for today's podcast. Once again, I am sick a little bit, so I try to keep up the energy. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully, by the time the next podcast start, I'm doing a lot better. But thank you guys so much, always for the support. TikTok, YouTube, all that, uh, Facebook, wherever you're watching the content, man. Snapchat, watch it, appreciate it, support it, share it, tell a friend to tell a friend. It always helps. We're looking good this year, which is amazing. I know I've repeated that a few times, but let's keep up the momentum. I appreciate all you guys supporting. And, uh, you know, Spotify, Deezer, Podcast, you know the drill. Have an amazing night, day, whenever you listen to this, and peace.